Hey, what's up, guys? This is episode 31 of the Mangalog Podcast. This is a weekly manga podcast where I introduce a new series each week and just go into some minor details about it, pique your interest in the series, and uh, hopefully get you to check it out. I'm going to be pretty quick on the intro today. I've got a lot to uh, cover, and I don't have a lot of time. So, um, yeah, my name's John, and I'm the sole host. This is episode 31. Again, um, it's going to be on Blade of the Immortal, uh, written and illustrated by Hiroaki uh, Samura. Um, this series is published by Dark Horse right now, um, I believe. Okay, it depends where you look, but... Um, it says that there's 31 volumes. I think there's only 30, but I, I haven't bought that much of the series. I've got like six volumes um, on sale, which I think if you're listening to this, it, they still might be on sale, um, at least digitally. Um, and that's uh, about 207 chapters. So depending on where you look, I think there's also Omnibus available. I didn't really do my research in terms of like the release. I just saw them on iTunes and I bought them. Um, so I have the digital copies. I think there's like 200-something pages of volume, so I, I don't believe I got the Omnibuses. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's 31 volumes. The series is complete, so if you're looking for a series to just dive in and binge um, start to finish, this is a perfect series to do that. Um, sorry if my throat sounds a little weird. I don't know what's going on. I just got over being sick. last week I wasn't, um, I got sick over the weekend, so I apologize if I sound a little low energy or a little, you know, monotone, but, um, I'm trying to go through this without, you know, coughing up anything, so, (laughs) um, but yeah, it ran from 1993 to 2012 in Afternoon Magazine, which is, like, crazy to think about, it's just amazing how, how long some of these manga run, it's, like, almost a lifetime for some people, like, it's, it's, it's crazy, um, because 1993, that was before I was born, I was born in 1994, so it's, like, wow, um, if this manga was still going, it'd be older than me, which is crazy, but, yeah, I talked about Afternoon Magazine and my, um, my Blam, or Blam, uh, and Mushishi episodes, um, because they both have run in that magazine, um, and, uh, it's, a I think it's a monthly seinen, uh, demographic magazine, so, uh, you know, geared towards older men, um, that's the demographic. Um, the genres for this series are action, adventure, drama, and I put like supernatural and question mark. Depending on where you look, there's like so many um, genres that um, this could be labeled. Um, but supernatural because there's the whole, I mean, it says in the title, um, Blade of the Immortal, um, there's the immortality aspect, um, which I'll get into later. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it's set in uh, like, you know, older Japan. Uh, um, Edo um, area, you know, samurai, that kind of thing. Uh, you've seen that setting before. Um, I'm not, you know, the most like historical, I'm not like a historical buff or anything like that. So um, I don't want to try to target exactly when this takes place. I'm sure if you look it up, you could see exactly when. Um, but uh, it's it's set in that time period of Japan. Um, so, you know, before you go on, if you, if you liked uh, my episode on um, Lone Wolf and Cup, I, I believe that's a similar time period. I could be totally wrong. But I remember there being like the same idea, like samurai and stuff. Um, again, not not super well versed in like the history of Japan and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so I'm assuming they're around the same time period. Um, and we follow mainly two characters. Um, there's Manji, and he is, uh, you know, he's kind of like this older, kind of gruff-looking dude, uh, scarred up. Um, and uh, you know, we're introduced to him. I I think like right away. Um, 
the the beginning of the manga kind of jumps around a little bit that, that especially that first volume so it's kind of tough to get a grasp on what exactly is going on but um basically it shows um manji you know he carried out um some um missions in the past i forgot who he worked for some you know political higher up um and he was hired underneath them to basically kill uh, you know he was ordered to kill certain men and um you know come to find out these men weren't you know they weren't evil they were actually innocent he he, he feels guilty over that uh, he wants to atone for that and um one thing you learn pretty quickly and so it's not a spoiler it's the whole concept is that he's you know he's immortal and basically um basically how he became immortal um it, it's a little vague right now so i'm not really spoiling much but he uh he was cursed um and um in order to get rid of that curse because he's you know he's 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 tired of you know being able to live this you know to live this long uh he, he's ready to just like kind of move on um and uh so he kind of like gives himself a mission kind of like uh i guess um suggests you know it's like hey you know i've killed like a hundred um just you know decent men um in the past and i want to atone for that by killing um a hundred or a thousand evil men so like a hundred for every one guy one one hundred men for every one hundred evil men for every one innocent men man that he's killed oh my gosh why is that so hard for me to say um and so um and that's what he sets out to do um and uh you know you learn i I won't like go into specifics about how he's immortal and stuff like that i kind of want you guys to discover that on your own but it's pretty uh interesting and then um move on we um have another character that gets introduced slightly later you get a bit of her um backstory and and basically what sets her on this path of revenge and um she's um she's desperate to exact her revenge on a specific mainly a specific person but also this um this person is a leader of this group of um like kind of like elite swordsmen i guess and um she's you know it kind of time skips a little bit and she's been training um and but she's never really executed on um her feelings um or her mission of revenge because she just hasn't had the opportunity or maybe she hasn't gotten strong enough um so she knows that she's going to need help and um basically she she encounters uh, manji and requests his help so he explains to her what's going on with him and um basically their 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 goals kind of similar similar similarly align you know so um by manji helping rin he just kind of ups his evil men quota and uh and then rin gets to have her revenge um and uh yeah basically that's where the story kicks off um it basically follows these two as they hunt down members of this group of swordsmen that rin is so interested in hunting down and um and and are the targets of her revenge um and you learn why she wants revenge on them um and this group um i mean think of like the akatsuki in naruto or something or like any big bad uh just like they're super cool looking and but they're also like super strong and they're super evil but they all have their motivations and so they're not quite as evil but you know um or at least they they find ways to justify what what they're doing you know that kind of thing so um, this group is pretty well known around this area of japan they have this trajectory that they're following they're going um samurai school to samurai school 
and um, basically um, just obliterating the schools and you get into why they're doing that. And um, anybody who survives from the from their, you know, basically murder spree uh, joins them. So, you know, it's this group that's constantly growing, constantly moving. Um, and it makes Maji and Rin's job a little difficult, though it's I say that, but then it's also they just kind of casually happen upon some of the members at times um, throughout the story. <laughs> like literally um, in their search for like the head honcho, they just literally bump into other members of the group without even realizing. And, um, well, they do realize because um, they kind of make their, um, <laughs> the group members kind of make their presence known. Like, hey, you know, we're looking for you or whatever. So, so Manji and Rin are looking for these people, but you also learn that they are looking for them um manji has this reputation um and rin is the you know she basically she's um they they know of her existence um they know why she is i don't think they realize that she's looking for them but they are looking for her and they want to kill her um so it helps that manji's around he's basically like her bodyguard so like it's like they're both looking for each other and they both want to kill each other so basically so like even when they're not searching for the the group of swordsmen they sometimes just happened um upon them because they're they're also searching for Rin um so yeah so it's uh they're not they're never like safe um they're always like in pursuit uh they're as in their journey, they're always being pursued by somebody as well. So they have to kind of watch their backs. Um, but, um, yeah, so that's the, that's the core concept, you know, hunting down these baddies, killing them one by one until she can finally get to the, the head who is like kind of elusive again. Like, it seems like this, this group is large. You never get a feel for how large, but like, um, the members, it's not like they all travel in a group. Um, they kind of scatter at times. Maybe they're handling other business. Um, again, like the, the head honcho is ordering, you know, some of the lower tier members to go search for this girl. Um, and so he's, re he's, he's realizing that they, his members are being taken out. Um, and this is pretty early on. I, I read like three volumes. Um, so I don't know if the, his plan of action is going to change. Um, um, yeah, I just haven't gotten that far yet, but um, it's yeah, it seems pretty. It seem it's been pretty fun so far. I I really like this manga. Um, the action is like super engaging. I mean, if you like sword fighting and you like gore, then this is probably be right up your alley. Now, it's not like gore, like as in like you see the insides of people, but there's a lot of like blood and people getting decapitated, and um, you know, it's pretty brutal. Like it's despite like there not being like entrails all over the ground or anything like that. It's just it's still pretty brutal. A lot of the panels, like you just see just just bloody dead bodies, you know, it's just, it's not like it's the, uh, it's not quite, you know, your shonen series where like, <laughs> well, in, in, in that case, like people wouldn't die period, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's pretty intense. Um, it's, I, I'm trying to remember the last time I read like a, a series like this, um, uh, violent, um, <clears throat> you know, um, last week I read Beastars and that was the first manga that I read all not all summer. I was keeping up with other series, but yeah, this is this is a uh, back into that violence territory. Um, not quite like Berserk, but pretty violent. Um, <clears throat> which uh, fun fact is published also by Dark Horse, uh, which I'll get into later because I want to talk about like the format of this uh, series, um, like uh, release wise um, compared to like Berserk by the same publisher. But um, 
Yeah, so the, the action, it, it's pretty fun, but it's not always the easiest to follow. I noticed, like, you know, you've heard me comment on stuff like this in the past where, like, I really like action that kind of, you could almost read it like a flip note, uh, like a flip note, like, you know, how you put, like, the sticky notes and you kind of just, like, uh, it's like a small animation. You kind of flip through the pages and watch the thing move. Um, not quite to that degree because that's literally, like, panel by panel. I mean, we're talking, like, anime animation, like, you know, key animation and then the, you know, in-between frames. Not quite, quite to that detail because you only have so much you know space in a manga but i like for instance in boruto i kind of praise boruto for this like the action it flows really nicely from panel to panel where like you can see the natural progression of a character's movement like uh you know if somebody throws out a kick you can kind of visualize the trajectory that it, that they were going and where they're going to end up um you know without it being totally drawn out for you and then same thing like shonen series are really good at this because they're mostly action right so like one piece is also really good at this it's just like make it's really good at making the action just like really easy to follow for the most part um and like this series occasionally you'll have um you know panels where the action kind of jumps a little bit so it's like they'll start off a character will start off in like a fighting stance right and then you know a lot of samurai i guess related media does this where like the samurai it'll cut to the samurai um slicing through their opponent and then like them dropping to the floor or whatever right so it's kind of that style but like sometimes it will be like okay it's one person against like five and like you'll literally see that person standing there with their weapons uh you know they pull out their weapons and then and maybe like two panels later all those people are on the floor cut up diced up and like it's cool it's it's got like a dramatic flair to it but it's like you really didn't see much you know it's just like one panel they're all standing the other panel they're just dismembered on the floor and like um samura does that a lot actually um which is cool like again it like it adds to that just a kind of dramatic flair it's like wow this person's so awesome they just like cut down all these people in like a matter of no time so like it's you know it's it's really it's it's cool but like i wish i could see like more dynamic like choreography you know and i think samura uh admitted in like the author notes that like he's he has no idea like knows nothing about like martial arts or anything like that I, i'm pretty sure that's what he said um so like you know he's, he's probably making up a lot of this stuff uh, you know so <laughs> or at least has done minimal research with like how some of these like weapons and stuff are used i don't know uh so it might be easier to say hey look these are cool weapons that i just like i found a um a sample of online it's like wow so, you know people use these weapons these are pretty neat so i'm gonna have my character use this and then like but i'm not gonna show them using it pro- uh, properly i'm just gonna show the weapon with some blood on it after they've just took down like six guys you know like <laughs> that kind of thing so th- that doesn't happen a lot it's kind of a nitpicky thing but I, it was interesting to point out i don't think it's like so much of a negative it's just like that's just a different style of drawing action i guess um and and again this is not always the case like for the most part like there there's some um fights i think in the i think towards like the end of volume two there's a really good fight um uh, i think it's like at nighttime there's like a, a shed or something I'm trying to remember the, the all of the details because um, I was started reading this pretty early on, and then I only recently, like this week, read volume three. Um, but yeah, that was pretty fun to watch. So like, the, all not all of them are like that, but um, there's occasionally those times where like it just kind of the panels kind of jump from one scene to the next, and you're like, well, how did they get to that point? Um, <clears throat> let's see. Um, oh, so one interesting note is like Manji doesn't seem particularly talented at first but he is like he he knows his stuff clearly because he 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 tends to lecture his opponent sometimes um 
but I think, you know, maybe from like a narrative perspective, I think his immortality, and he has, he did mention this in the beginning of the manga, it's like the immortality's kind of dulled his senses a little bit because, you know, it's like if you know you're not going to really die, I mean, you're still going to feel the pain, which sucks, right? So, like, he's still going to feel the pain, so that's enough of a deterrent for him to just, like, try to not get hit. But in most cases, like, these, you know, sword fights are, are messy, they're bloody, um, you know, it, you're going to get probably cut somewhere, right? So, um, so he does get cut up a lot. Um, and a lot of the time, like, th if Manji wins a battle, it's because he caught his opponent off guard because they just assumed he was dead already, and then he gets back up and just kills them, like, deals the finishing blow, and they're like, what the freak? How did he do that? Right? So it, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. So, like, you know, first the first few times, it's kind of gimmicky. Like, he's like, oh, he gets cut down, but then he, you know, they don't expect him to come back. So they're, like, walking away from the fight, and then he just stabs him through the back, you know? Um, so that that's pretty interesting. Um, let me see. So... Uh, you know, one other note that I have here, like, oh, I already mentioned this, like, uh, in the beginning of the manga, just don't be alarmed. Uh, it does skip around in time a little bit. You kind of connect, you start to connect the dots, everything kind of flows together nicely as it progresses. But, like, in that very beginning of the manga, I'm like, what? Okay, like, it's showing this scene, but you're not quite sure if this is, like, a flashback or if this is just, if this is current time or what. Like, it was kind of hard to tell what was, a like, a flashback or a time skip or whatever. So, um, just keep that in mind. Um... But another thing I want to talk about is the um, the dialogue. I think it's really um, snappy. Like the characters, and this might just be how it was translated, but they 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 speak really casually, which you would think in like this older period of Japan, right? Like it it would just be kind of dense. But like the translator, or maybe just the way it was originally written, they they make the characters speak like super casually to each other. There's like a lot of like not quite like slang, but you know they use a lot of like cuss words, and they speak like how it's written how somebody would speak out loud. Like it's not written um, like neat and, um, you know, just totally grammatically correct, right? So like the characters, like it flows really nicely, um, which I really appreciate. It makes it really, it, it gives the characters kind of some charm too. Um, you know, not all characters like talk like that. There's one character um, that's part of that swordsman group, right? Um, that kind of speaks like in poetry. So, you know, got you got some characters a little over the top like that. Um, but for the most part, everybody speaks pretty naturally. Um, and I always notice that kind of stuff because, like, not everyone is great at writing dialogue, apparently. So um, I've seen it done several times, like, done poorly a lot in the past. So I really appreciate um, good dialogue between characters. Um, you know, occasionally you'll get um, those speech bubbles. I, I kind of had this issue with um, Lone Wolf and Cub. Um, and this is really just my own ignorance about you know, just, you know, Japanese terminology, older, just Japanese, like, you know, political, um, faction, not factions, the political, like, hierarchies and stuff in the past, like, I, I'm not super familiar with that, um, I'm not that much of a, you know, a Japanese buff or whatever, so, um, you know, occasionally there'll be terminology thrown out, I'm just like, I have no idea what they're talking about, but there is a glossary, um, and there's translator notes, um, that occasionally help out, so, um, it's, it's kind of hard to flip back and forth to the glossary when you're reading it digitally. But um, if you're reading it physically, you always have that as a reference. And sorry, that's my dog uh, <laughs> scratching in the background, um, making her bed. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, and the dialogue really lends to, like, a, a, a kind of like a unique tone with the series, right? So, like, um, for the most part, like, there's a lot of violent stuff going on. And... Um, but it never feels like it never feels like it's bleak. Um, there's enough levity, like in the character interactions. Um, 
you know, or like just like, you know, funny uh, quips by Manji or just like just some cute interactions between like Manji and Rin or even like when they're fighting, like when they're fighting a, a foe and just like the the back and forth between them. It's just like um, it always feels kind of like this a little bit lighthearted. Right. So it's things aren't like super bleak or hopeless, despite the the overall concept kind of dark, you know, um, and and. And maybe this is early on because like there's 30 volumes of this thing and I read like three. So like I, I'm, I'm definitely going to be reading this to completion. It's, it's really good. But um, I imagine, you know, things will shift. But like right now, I, I kind of like where it's at. It's like this like delicate balance between like, okay, all this like hyper violence, but also like it's just like Manji's like super laid back. Um, like he's he's like he's kind of foul mouth. He's outspoken. So he really likes to crack jokes and like call people out. Um, on their BS a lot of the times it's it's pretty funny but he's like he's chill he's like he's not going on he's not like a shonen protagonist where he's like going out like picking fight he's like not like this hot-blooded main character or anything like that um and I also like how like despite being like ruthless um he has like a soft side too um I don't know he's he's a really good character he's a really good character and Rin um she's got a she's got a ways to go um I, I really want to see her evolve I think I think what we have now is good for now um she's kind of like well, she's young. She she really does behave like a child. She's sixteen year old. She's sixteen years old right now in the series, and and she behaves like how you would expect somebody of that age to behave. Um, you know, she's a little self conscious. She's a little clingy to Manji. She gets uh, a little jealous at times. Um, and they have like this cute like I don't I don't even know what you want to call it because it's like their relationship. I don't really know where it's going. I'm I'm kind of worried what route it might take because I don't know how old Manji is. I mean, he's immortal. I'm assuming he's pretty old. I I don't know if it ever got into that. But she's 16, so and he says several times that she kind of reminds him of his younger sister. So I'm like, okay, they're going for like a familial route, right? So um, she's uh, he's it's kind of like this. It's either like a father daughter type relationship they've got going on, or maybe like a older brother younger sister. But there's, you know, especially in these most recent volume, Manji cracked a, a few jokes where I couldn't tell if he was joking or if, like he was like thinking it was a possibility, but they kind of dismissed it right away. So he didn't seem like a total creeper. But like he said, he made some comments towards Rin that were kind of off-putting. And I'm like, I was not expecting that from him, but I should have expected it from him because he said he says similar type things, but not towards Rin. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know what route this relationship is going. I'm kind of worried, but I'll see what happens. I, you know, I've gotten some comments later from Hengaroni on Twitter, um, and he says it kind of it's kind of like a a father daughter relationship. So if that's how it stays towards the end, then I'm I'm cool. I'm definitely cool with it. But like it's it's in this weird territory right now. But um, she's got a ways to go. Like she did do a lot of training and everything, but like, I don't, I haven't really seen her hold her own in battle. She's assist, assisted Manji on several occasions. So for the most part, when like a battle takes place, that's going to be really difficult. Um, Manji just like says, Rin, go off, you know, be safe. I got this, you know, that kind of thing. So like, you haven't really gotten to see her shine. So I'm expecting that again, it's early on in the series. So we'll see what happens. Um, Oof, I'm going pretty long, huh? but I still got more to say, so I'm going to keep going. I, this series is really good, guys. Um, if you haven't caught it already, I, I like it. Um, <clears throat> one thing to note, if you you know if you purchase this legally um, and you're not reading scans, which I assume are in the original format, um, it does read left to right. Um, now, it's not mirrored. Like, a lot of the times you see uh, English, you know, maybe English publishers that are known for, like, more comic books, right? 
if they do publish manga, they try to reformat it so it's more appealing to a comic book reader, in which case they would flip the format of the reading so it's not from right to left, but it's left to right. And um, Samura specifically requested that that not be done to his original artwork. So Dark Horse kind of had like a compromise. They, instead of mirroring the manga, um, they did, basically they cut and rearranged the panels um, which seems like a lot of work. I don't understand why they didn't just leave it in its original format like they did with Berserk. Because, like, with Berserk, they they kept it in its original format. And, like, I don't, I don't understand. And, like, Berserk is Dark Horse's top-selling property, period. Um, so, like, I don't know why they would want to appeal more to a Western audience by, like, f- flipping, you know, re- doing all this work to rearrange, cut the panels. I don't know. But... And I gotta remember if, like, which came first, uh, Samura, you know, Blade of the Immortal or Berserk, like, in terms of, like, when Dark Horse published it or picked it up. So I have no idea. But, yeah, so it does read left to right. It's a little off-putting at first, but, like, you get used to it pretty quickly. Like, I got I got used to it pretty quickly. There was a couple times where, like, I read speech bubbles out of order, and I still do it. Like, even on the third volume, like, I was reading last night, literally. Um, I was still having trouble, like, sometimes, okay, which speech bubble am I supposed to read first again? Like, so... It is a little off-putting. It kind of sucks, but like, I wouldn't let that deter you from reading reading this series. I think it's really good. But uh, you know, I'll let you decide for yourself. Um, but uh, in but please don't read scans. Um, I'm even like it's like well, like the translation is really good. The quality of the release is really good. Period. Um, you know, because it's you know it's reformatted like that. I I don't want it to be like that to be an excuse for why somebody would want to go read it illegally. Like, oh, well, if they didn't publish it right to left, then I'm not going to, you know. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, let me see. Yeah, what other comments did I have? There's just some other comments about the art, really. Um, but it's just kind of generic stuff. One thing I like, it's, it's, it's interesting. I've never seen this before. Like, for the most part, like, manga art's pretty consistent across the board. Like, from, like, page to page, chapter to chapter. Like, it's not like anime where like there will be scenes that like you know quote unquote sakuga scenes right where like the animation will just like they hired some they had a freelancer that was super talented or whatever that worked on that specific scene and it just looks super fantastic compared to everything else usually in like shonen anime you'll see it for like fight scenes right so like in naruto for naruto like for the most part like throughout the anime it's like the the quality is pretty like consistently average right but then like there's be some fights like the you know infamous like naruto versus sasuke fight on the and at the valley of the end right towards the end of the series um the original series when they're kids um and that that's just like that scene was beautiful right so like the fighting was just amazing but you know somebody else worked on that in the studio it was like a freelancer or somebody like top tier um but like in manga you don't have to worry about that like everything's pretty you know it's the same person responsible for most of the you know almost all of the art right unless they have assistants that help them with stuff um and in a blade of the immortal like things change like the art style i don't even know how to really describe it like there'll be some panels that have like this lighter dreamier look to them right whereas like others will just be like kind of what you would expect just kind of like that you know bold look that dark shading dark um you know kind of less textured at times right all right, I might have to repeat myself a little bit because I had to move into another room because my dog was barking. And then like after I moved, the phone started ringing. And I'm like, what's going on? Anyways, so like some of these panels, I think it's pretty unique. Some of them have like that lighter look to them. It's a little more like sketchy. There's a lot more detail to like the shading and stuff. And they have, they have like this kind of like dreamy look to them, right? Um, and then other panels like have, you know, more of like a 
I would say like traditional look, like bolder lines, darker shading. The shading itself is kind of like less, less textured. Um, and it, it kind of jumps between these two styles quite often, but like, I don't, like with no logic really, like I've seen, you know, occasionally with manga, and this is probably the closest it would be to like anime where you have like those anime sakuga moments. Occasionally with manga, you know, we'll get, I don't know, maybe like colored pages, but like we'll also get like those um, chapter images, right? That are super like beautiful, almost like hyper, um, you know, a lot more detailed than, than the artist's like, the artist's traditional, like just regular work, right? But like, you know, or even like um, manga covers, right? Like the, the art on those are usually just like a cut above that what they usually um, draw in their chapter to chapter because like, you know, they're on a they're on a schedule for the, a lot of these, you know, they got to, it's, it's better to pump out like a consistent quality, you know, you got to have to, something's got to give when you're on a schedule and you got to, um, you can't spend like weeks on a one picture you know or like one page to make it just like the most beautiful thing anyone's ever seen you've got to have to keep drawing right so like um you know i can understand the logic when like maybe just one panel just like the the artist goes all out right but in this case it's like it just like jumps between both styles uh kind of willy-nilly it feels like it doesn't seem like there's a purpose behind it it looks really cool and i'm like i've grown accustomed to it like reading it um but it's just like i don't know i thought it was something interesting to point out you guys will see more of what i mean that's the only thing that sucks is like I, i'm doing the podcast you can't really see what i mean unless you start reading the series before i start talking about it um i think it's really interesting and it looks beautiful regardless um, i just thought it was something interesting to point out or noteworthy to point out um and uh oh oh so like so an example of like the artist going all out in like a, a specific panel right um samura does this like for like some of his like especially towards like the end of a battle um there'll be just like kind of a full page spread not like a two-page spread but like a full page top to bottom and it's just like the most like beautiful it's like kind of like a finishing blow right like a like a fatality scene right um and it's just like he draws all these like flourishes um and just like just imagery behind it like obviously it's not physically there but it's maybe it's like a metaphorical thing or just maybe just some, i don't know maybe just make it look beautiful right so like there'll be just um these just full page spreads i haven't seen any two page spreads in this series so far but like they are there are full page top to bottom and like it's typically like a, towards the end of a fight where like manji deals the finishing blow and um it's just like it's really gorgeous to look at um and uh i don't know that, that that's one of the uh, situations where it pop off but I, that's just like a I, th I thought it was an interesting thing to know about the art at times like it switches between like these two different styles and then also at times it'll be like these really just like standout um pages uh, full page spreads of just like this beautiful art i don't even know how to describe it really um, and speaking to like a, a chapter covers and just volume covers, those are also just like gorgeous, gorgeous. And like, I'm talking like the chapter covers, um, specifically there's like a chapter called, I think it's called dream song. The first, um, chapter cover for that. Oh my gosh. It's like, it's like hyper, almost like hyper realistic. Oh, it's so good. I kind of want to set it as like my phone wallpaper. Um, 
But anyways, that is enough from me. Time to get some stuff from the community. So Hengaroni, he, I think I remember him mentioning this before. Maybe last time I um, said that I was going to do this. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just making up stuff. <laughs> but uh, he said that Blade of the Mortal is quite possibly my favorite manga. The art is gorgeous and it really displays a sense of movement and speed throughout the many battles. I love all of the characters, especially Manji. In my opinion, the story is all about him. While the main goal is for Rin to get her revenge, Blade of the Immortal is a story about how a man who has done horrible things can become a person who will put everything on the line for a single person and becoming a real, quote-unquote, real samurai. Um, I love the relationship of Manji and Rin. Is it Rin or Rin? I don't even know. And how it progresses, it starts off as this sort of love-hate relationship, but soon blossoms into a caring relationship, almost like a father and daughter. Overall, a masterpiece. So that's pretty high praise from Hengaroni. Thank you, Hengaroni, for submitting that. Um, I have to agree, I also do love the relationship of Manji and I'm not sure, you know, how they, where they stand right now, but if you're saying it feels more like a father-daughter relationship towards the end, then I think I'll appreciate that much more than sometimes I, I get a little worried with these series, you know, I mean, it's... it's it can get weird at times, but, um, but no, I really enjoy the relationship too. Um, and the story does it, honestly, I don't think the story, I never doubted that the story wasn't about Manji, to be honest. I mean, he's the first character we're introduced, like Rin's kind of like this, she is a main character, um, but she's, and she's kind of like helping drive the plot along, right? Because she's, you know, she initiates this contact with Manji and, and sets him off on this journey where he otherwise would have been like, I mean, the story could have worked without Rin, I suppose, but it wouldn't have been as interesting, I don't think. But I don't know. I don't know. Because, um, like, Manji still has the goal of killing 1,000 evil men. This is just kind of helping him along that route. And I don't know how many... I don't know. He didn't really tally how many he's killed so far, but I don't imagine there's that many men in this, like, samurai um, Akatsuki, right? So, like, I have no idea um, what's going to happen after they, you know... Like, as he's progressing towards his goal, like, what's going to happen after he helps Rin with her revenge? I don't know. I'm curious how the story is going to end, but you said it's a masterpiece, so I'm assuming I'm going to be leaving pretty satisfied towards the end. So that's exciting. Uh, really high praise. And again, I, of course, I already mentioned about the art. It's, it's gorgeous. Uh, battles are intense. Uh, lots of, yeah. Speed is definitely something that's conveyed pretty, um, I'd say, pretty um, effectively. Um And yeah, every character, even the villain characters, you said you love all of the characters. So even the villain characters, honestly, it's like, they're, they've got like a they're kind of quirky they've got like a um they're a little bit eccentric right so like they they all have their personalities they're not just like this you know evil for evil's sake they're not mustache twirlingly evil like you know i don't know they're just fun they're fun fun villains um the main the the, the head honcho i keep forgetting what his name is um but he's uh i just got into his backstory it's it's pretty I don't know how to describe it. I I want I don't want to give anybody like any emotional spoilers for like what to expect from his backstory, but it, it's interesting, to say the least. Um. So, yeah. So, uh, this yeah the whole series has me excited. I'm glad that you love it, uh, Hangaroni. Um, and I'm glad I got to cover it. Um, I got to cover one of your favorite series. Um, let me see. And oh yeah, you talked about the whole theme of like he's done horrible things, but will become a person who'll put everything on the line for a single person. Yeah, I could already see right now like he's he's already he's got like this soft side to him. He really does care for Rin already. I think even this early on, I think he really does care for Rin. He doesn't want to see her put in danger, and 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 the feelings mutual because Rin she freaks out anytime Manji gets like injured or like near death, right near quote unquote death. Well, hmm. Okay, I'm not gonna get any spoilers, but yeah, he's immortal, right? So. <laughs> cough cough <laughs> um what else what else what else um 
Yeah, and you said it starts off as sort of like a love-hate relationship. I would even say it's like a love-hate relationship. I, you know, they get into like these like little quarrels, but it's mostly like lighthearted, right? So I think uh, there's it's already a pretty like solid foundation. I think they there's a there's a bond there already this early on. So um, yeah, but uh, thanks for the I, I love community input. Like it, it allows me to do some a little bit of back and forth. So I really appreciate when I get this kind of input for um, series. That's why it's like for the most part, it's like hey, I'm introducing this series to like most of the listeners right for the very first time theoretically right that's the whole idea of the podcast but you know there's some if people want to you know give some input they're more than welcome to check out beforehand maybe provide their own thoughts so it it makes the experience more rewarding for them in that case um and also for the people that didn't you know who are just listening to me talk um episode episode just seeing what you know what i introduced to them um it makes their experience more rewarding for them as well because it's like okay they get some differing opinions than mine and um, also, listeners tend to point out other ideas that I might have not otherwise thought about, right? So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty fun when I get um, some comedian, but really do appreciate it. Um, it just overall just makes the show better. So I definitely appreciate you writing in, Hangaroni. Um, next week, uh, this series, um, so I noticed this, I think it was a throwback, Kodansha sale. Kodansha does a lot of sales. So like, if you ever have to guess what series I'm going to do next, just keep an eye out for manga sales. Chances are I'll probably be doing something along those uh, sales, you know, um, or, you know, just stuff that's in my backlog that I just haven't gotten to. I, I don't want to go out of my way to buy too many volumes of manga. I'm trying to budget. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, if I see something on sale, I'm definitely going to pick it up and, and most likely cover it on the podcast. Um, so next week, this was a throwback, uh, I believe, or maybe like an anniversary. I'm not even sure. Um, but the, and this really doesn't need much of an introduction it's ghost of the show uh, or i'm sorry ghost in the show so i didn't know this i thought the movie was just an original thing i never watched the movie and then i never watched the series standalone complex or whatever i never watched anything related or engaged at all in ghost of the show um but apparently the original movie the one that you know the really popular one that really that that really just like became a phenomena that was based off of a manga which is like this at least as far as English releases go, it's just this one 300 and something page uh, self-contained thing. So it's just called Ghost in the Shell. It's considered volume one of two, right? But from what I hear, I think volume one tells a pretty like great self-contained story. You really don't need to pick up number two. Number two, volume two um, would be like, I guess the sequel movie, which I think they also adapted, but that wasn't anywhere near as good as far as like um, um, reception is. Um, and, uh, I've seen some manga or people that reviewed the, the volume two of the manga just saying it's basically like cyborg hentai. Like it's, it was just an, I don't know. I don't want to write it off cause I didn't experience it personally, but like volume two, as far as I'm concerned, you don't have to read, um, or it's not, it doesn't seem like it's worth reading, but the first volume is just like, gets a ton of praise and 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 you know because a lot of people that just watched ghost in the shell the movie and loved it as for what it was so i don't think it's essential to pick, check out volume two and then there's also a volume 1.5 that was like i guess like short stories unrelated to like the main character you know makoto kusanagi right i, I it's funny that that's how you know how popular the series is because like i don't even i don't have any familiarity with the series familiarity with the series but i know who makoto is so um yeah, so 1.5 is, like, a bunch of, like, collected stories in that universe, but doesn't really have much to do, like, the main, like, 
I don't know, continuity or whatever. So, and I could be like totally leading guys astray, but from what I, the minimal research that I did, um, that's what it looked like. So I just picked up the first volume. Um, you know, it's a, it's a huge volume, like an omnibus, right? So, um, it was like 350 pages or something like that. The normal price for it is like 15 bucks, like digital. So I got it for half that. Um, and that's what I'm gonna be covering next week on the podcast. So look forward to that. Um, and that should be interesting. Um, it's a little different. Uh, and you know, it's the original manga source material, um, to the, you know, the hit movie. So that should be fun. All right. Thank you guys very much for sticking around. I will catch you next week.